Another episode of Broken Record Ministries. I'm Ronnie. Schmike is back. How y'all doing today? And the bearded wonder Will is here. What's up? (laughs) (laughs) The ever so silent but not always silent Ron is here. I am. I'm here. (laughs) Thank you. <laughs> for that wonderful introduction. <laughs> and the magnificent, ever so caffeinated Coffee Mike is here. Why, thank you, Ronnie. Dang, I thought he was going to Bob on that one. <laughs> <laughs> ever caffeinated. <laughs> and the man with a thousand forced nicknames, Brother Bob is here. Absolutely, that's me. <laughs> I wouldn't say forced. Oh, no, they're forced. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and the professor, Kyle, is here. Are you trying to make it more creepy? Yes. Yeah. Good job. Why is he getting an accent? Huh? He gets an accent introduction. We don't get that. How many? Well, because when you're the professor, I'm more refined than you. Well, yeah. What do you want to do? Like, yep. Nobody's going to listen if you're like, and we're calling in the professor on Ireland. He's going to do that thing out there. He does. (laughs) (laughs) You get to introduce me. (laughs) (laughs) Absolutely. <laughs> Brother Bob, would you read the Bible verse for us tonight? <laughs> Absolutely. As soon as Mike quits choking. Sorry. <coughs> it's that terrible creamer. Sorry, go ahead. <laughs> I'm going to read from the NIV version. It's James chapter 1, verses 6 and 7. Think you can choke them words down <laughs> without choking? <laughs> Pretty sure. I'm going to try it here. Here we go. All right. But when you ask, you must believe and not doubt, because the one who doubts is like the wave of the sea, blown and tossed by the wind. That person should not expect to receive anything from the Lord. Mm. And from our Bible verse, our topic this episode is doubting. Mm-hmm. Love it. Awful crickets. Yep. Nobody doubts. <clears throat> you want to know who I doubted? <clears throat> I doubt people. Before, Be- before Christ, Ronnie. Or, wait, whoa! Wait a Strike that from the record. <laughs> before I was walking with Christ, there you go the old me. I doubted people all the time because if I had to rely on them, then that let me give them some kind of control over me. Mm -hmm. And so it was the DTA method, right? The don't trust anybody one because I doubted they would show up or I doubted that their intentions were good. No matter what. I'm sorry, I still doubt certain people, and I shouldn't, but 
is still there. Well, I'm not saying that. Well, I mean, you said before, but I'm... But yeah, well, I'm I, that's what I'm saying. Before, myself. it was really bad. Yeah. Now, it, it still fingers up every once in a while. Maybe that's because I'm also a control freak. No. You? Mine is that the people yeah, that I, never I got do that. put my trust into... There you go. You the just ones said. I do put my trust into continuously put me in that state of doubt because they disappoint or they don't do what they say they're going to do. Yeah. And, and go ahead. so go ahead. I know you have the, the thing is, <laughs> is you're saying you're putting your trust in people, but you're still doubting them. So are you putting your trust in them? No, well, I try because the only reason you doubt is because you trust nothing. Mm hmm. Well, I guess, but I put my trust in them because my good side always keeps wanting to think it's going to change. Something's going to change. Something's going to change. And then when it comes down to it, I have that doubt in the back of my head because they've done it to me several times before. So it's automatically there. And I'm hoping that they change my perspective mm -hmm. towards them by following through. And with that doubt being in my head already, it doesn't set me up for the no-show, so to say. I kind of already expect it. And if they show up, it's just a bonus. If that makes sense. Mm -hmm. yes, is, there, is there any human that we should be putting our full blind trust into? No. 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 And I, I agree with that. And I don't try to put my full-blown trust into them. I just try to give them the opportunity to make it right again, I guess, to say. And I just keep saying, hey, yeah, okay. And they're like, well, I can do this. I can do this. Okay. And I just keep going back. And I keep going back thinking it's going to change. And it doesn't. There's nothing wrong with healthy boundaries. No. If, if somebody continually lets you down or disappoints or, or doesn't, doesn't follow through on, on an obligation, a boundary is not a sin. Nope. Bad thing is it's family. Yeah. Family, not Still family. Not What's that's, matter? Why, but that's why I just keep saying, okay, if you show up, great. If you don't, it's okay as well. Yeah. Yeah, that's what you keep saying. Right. But actions aren't there, though. Right. Yeah. And that's so, what I was going to say. Old me didn't care about actions. Right. Like, or old me cared about the action more than just do it. Now it's more so like, I'm going to do it no matter what. If they show up, they show up. If they don't show up, if I get the receipt back or not, it doesn't matter. The good thing I take out of that, though, is for some fact that they do it to me, I can't do it to nobody else. Yeah. I because I know how it feels. So like when I tell you I'm going to be at your house to help you with whatever you had going on, I made sure I was there. If Mike called me, except for that one time he forgot. What? <laughs> edit that, would you? Yeah, <laughs> I'll make it louder. I bet you, you had louder than too, didn't you? Yeah. You know, it's like Mike. I was helping him with his garage door opener. Six I got, hours. I got frustrated with it. No, this was before you were there when you all left for St. Louis. Oh, I did it on my own and I had to leave it. Well, I didn't get back over there until today. 
and try to finish it up. But I didn't tell him what day I was coming back. But same token, I did call him and at least tell him why I hadn't made it back yet. So he wasn't in the dark. It doesn't have to be people. Like, no. that's just me. No. <clears throat> I get it. I was just an example of what I've gone through with it. Yeah. Coffee, Mike. I was. I cut you off. You were going to no. say something. <clears throat> just clear my throat, Ronnie. Still choking on that creamer. You have doubts? Do I have doubts? Last weekend was a, a, a doubt-filled weekend, yes. I doubted a lot of things. Yeah, like if Ron was going to show up to finish that garage door because it cost nope. somebody else. <laughs> I was just, actually, I know how busy you are, so I, I wanted to take the heat off of you and get it done so you didn't have to show up. That's all I was trying to do. But anyway, back to what we were saying. <laughs> back to our regularly scheduled Next program. on Days of Our Lives. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, Dalfield Weekend. You know, I know that when you're called to follow Jesus that everything doesn't come up. <laughs> I know this. It doesn't come up sunshine, unicorns, and flowers. So when you hit the valley, I mean, I know this stuff, but I found myself behaving totally different. Different how, though? I got mad. I was mad at God. Okay. I'm just asking. And I, and, and I was wondering, you know, what, what, what? Once I settled down, had my little pity party for Mike. <coughs> Overnight, I was the next morning, I was good. But for a few hours there, I was really upset. I mean, had all kinds of thoughts running through my head. You know, things like, should I even be on the podcast? Because do I believe what I'm saying? Is what I'm saying correct? Am I misleading somebody? I mean, it was just running rampant. Mm -hmm. It just ran rampant. And, uh, you know, if you think about prayer, a lot of people pray for financial freedom, new car, new house, whatever it might be. And if God answered every one of those prayers, there'd be no new cars on the lot anywhere. You couldn't find a home to buy. You just couldn't. But sometimes, in my little brain, I think just one prayer. I'd like to see one prayer. But then I then I step back and go, that's what I want to see, though. This is how I finally talked myself down. You know, things weren't coming out the way I thought they should work out. Matter of fact, they're working out terribly. And how Mike wants them to work out. Yeah, exactly. And that's what finally got me down off my high horse, back out of the pity party, back into real life. He's not a genie in a bottle. You're going to have trials and tribulations in your life. It goes back to that episode a while back where we talked about praising him in the valley, praising him on the mountain. Mm -hmm. That kept running through my head. So thank you for that, guys. That was one of the things that pulled me back. It's just, it, 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 for me, I just was doubting a lot of things for a while. And it wasn't a comfortable place to be. Yeah. And, that, <clears throat> and that's kind of like what I wanted to talk about is 
we all we all know or we should know the answer. It's just our flesh gets in the way sometimes. Exactly. Most times. All the time. All the time. I was waiting for that. <laughs> <laughs> I, I tried to toss it up there like a softball. <laughs> and he hit it out of the park. And yeah. He it home. So do you think through your doubt that you think that's probably when you're doubting is in a time of weakness? I would say yes. Absolutely it is. So, guess who's strong when we're weak? The Lord. Mm -hmm. When we're in our weakest point, he's in his strongest point. And I'm going to tell you what, that that has hit me so profound in the last two, three weeks that it just, it stuck in my head. Matter of fact, that's what my sermon was about on Sunday. It ended up with that. And then I got to tell what happened to me at Branson, you know, and how, how I got a blessing out of that in Branson, you know, and so I guess you could probably kind of say that when I was sitting there warm with God, I was doubting God because I was weak well, and I, I knew I was weak. I know I was a year ago, you know, but God just didn't give up on me. Matter of fact, he sent the Holy Spirit to land on me to make me so hot that it was so uncomfortable that when he spoke to me that last time I connected with that guy's eyes was such a profound go pray for that guy that I'm like, yes, sir. <laughs> you know, so when we're doubting, we're at a weak point somewhere. Something has happened in our life that has given us that weakness to make us doubt. And it may, it could be anything. It could be my feet, your feet. It could be yeah. somebody telling you they're going to do something for you and then not show up. It could be whatever. I mean, you, you fill in the blank. So, yeah, I mean, doubt comes with a lot of different stuff. But I think when we start doubting and we start not trusting, we're weak in the spirit. Does doubt and trust go hand in hand? Absolutely, they do. Well, Bearded wonder? I, yes, I've been doing a lot of doubting. That's why my feet hurt. Maybe well, he's telling me I need to uh, refocus it's possible. the pain. It's possible, you know, because now my back hurts. And how's your face? Hurts me. It's killing. You stole my line. <laughs> nice wow. Nicely played, Ronnie. Wow. That was a good one. I disagree. <laughs> I disagree. <laughs> hey, he doubts that. <laughs> well played, Bob. <laughs> Maybe that's what's settling in me is doubt, and that's why. He's trying to refocus through the pain. Well, then I say that uh, for you to for you thinking that way, I say you need to do some serious praying and talking to him. Man, I say you connect with him and uh, sit and just have you a nice long talk because sure sounds to me like that's what you need. 
Sorry, bro. <laughs> <laughs> That's what I heard. Just so everybody knows, I'm just uh, my body's on fire because they're staring me down. <laughs> <laughs> we want to poke at you and be like, "How's that feel? How's that Feels feel? How's like that feel?" Over here. <laughs> Next, <laughs> Mike, you want to you want to bail him out here? <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> I think uh, for me, my mine's kind of on the opposite. I always self doubt, as I always self doubt. Um, sorry, Bob, my worth, <laughs> undeservingness. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Thank you. Yep, undeservingness. Sorry, and uh, 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 you know, uh, it, it's unfortunate that you know. I think everybody is their own worst critic when it comes to things, um, mine, and I know I'm not alone even at this table, but mine's unfortunately self-deprecating. Um, and, uh, be, just because, you know, growing up, it was just such a struggle to feel, you know, any of that and stuff. So, um, so it does it, you know, it, it can quick, quickly put you into a dark place really yeah. quickly and it's it doesn't change the fact that it's in a in a, in a point of weakness but i mean you, it's that same thing if you say th- i was gonna say if you think about it where was you at yeah you was at a week that week one of the weakest points in your life absolutely you know and and that's that's what that's what old dumb dumb wants yep he wants to catch you in the weakest part of your life because man he can wreak havoc mm-hmm. yeah. agreed i agree He's gonna do and if you it. don't gird up that belt yep. just a little bit, yeah, there's that little crack. Yes, sir. And there he is. There he oh, is. Yeah. He'll make that little little gap feel like the Grand Canyon. Yeah. And quick, fast, and in a hurry. Yep. I mean. Yeah, he'll rip her wide open. Yeah. Then your doubt turns to anger. Mm-hmm. It's for me. Yeah. It's like a brush. It can. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Right? Like it could have one little spark that all of a sudden it's a... a, a Two feet tall, and then it's ten feet tall, and then you're taking down acres. Yeah. Mm-hmm. What's it? I mean, seriously, what's what's it take for cancer to spread? One bad cell. Yep. To react with the other ones and just spread it out. And sugar helps feed cancer, so stay away from sugar. Public service message. Sorry. Everything <laughs> feeds cancer. We're not going to go into it now. CDC, Ronnie, so so. Okay. <laughs> I don't Keep going, Mike. Sorry. Oh, no. Like I said, it's just, you know, um, and it is. It's one of those things that it's still um, in not meaning to, still doubting God, you know, by being self deprecating. I'm, you know, basically saying God makes mistakes. God makes somebody who's not. Um, you know, well, Mike, when you say it say like it. that, 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 that kind of, kind of hits right, <coughs> right in the throat. Cause that's what I was doing. Yeah. And that, you know, cause that's how it hits me. I mean, that's, how, that's, that's what I do is, um, I was ashamed of the way I was thinking. Yeah. I really was. And then Ronnie's voice got in my head for a second. That's press scary. in, press in. That's scary. Ronnie's I know. Getting in I know. Good. <laughs> so I pressed in, and it, that helped a lot in the application of getting past that. Yep. But it sh- sure would have been easy to go, you know what? This isn't going to work for me. I'm going to try something different. Mm-hmm. But I didn't. Yeah. See, Stuck. that's the easy part. The easy part is to say, 
deuces, ooses, mm-hmm. right? Right. I've never once in my life done anything easy. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> like stubbornly or on purpose or not on Most purpose. of the time, yeah. if it's easy, it's not worth doing anyway. Yeah. Yeah. And that's a fact. Yeah. Well, and it's, you know, it's also one of those things that I can just look back five years ago and see, you know, I did the check in the boxes and what did it get me? Absolutely nothing. Nothing and nowhere. And I, you know, before that, I lived the life of the world and what did that get me? Absolutely nowhere and nothing. You know, all of the things I have are because God put them in my, in my life. And the reason I continue to have them is because God's mercy. And there's no other reason. So there's a reason that there's a mic. I may not know why, you know, but obviously he does because he's all knowing. But the thing is, is you're striving to see what that reason is. Yeah, absolutely. And that's, and that's what we got to do. We got to strive to see what he's got for us. Mm-hmm. To see is and we, we got the flame going. Exactly. Mm-hmm. No, you're fine. But, you know, we just got to, we got to focus on him and not the things around us. Yep. Because if we're focusing on him, the things around us is going to fall in place rather we, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. He's going to make them fall in place. Sometimes also you're talking about your self-worth and I, you know, I struggle with that too. Cause I think sometimes it's easier for other people to see, uh, God working in you than it is for you to see it yourself. hundred mm-hmm. percent. I agree. I agree. And, but there's a danger in that too, because then you can be misled by those other people around you. Right. Because nobody's going to truly fully understand God's call on your life better than you mm-hmm. being called mm-hmm. and seeking that confirmation and That's seeking right. his voice. Yeah. Um, but if, if we doubt our self-worth and we think all oh, those people, they understand God more than I do. They, they know better than I do. They know the direction I should go better than I do. Uh, you need to listen to God first. Right. Absolutely. And, and not only that, you know, I've seen, and I've seen it happen before. People will start listening to other people and then they become people pleasers. Then, yeah, they do. And if you become a people, per, a people pleaser, how do you expect to please the almighty creator? I mean, you can't do it. Right. You can't, you can't serve God and mammon. I'll put it that way. Mm-hmm. Exactly right. You know, well, and, and Raleigh a, becomes a people pleaser. You better shut her down. Cause that's you know, what I'm saying. <laughs> See that you laugh too hard. At <laughs> you know, there, there's, there's, and there's several different ways to be a people, a people pleaser. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, trust me. I know. Cause I used to be one of them guys that smooths people. <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, I, that's, that's just the way I was. People yeah. manipulator. Absolutely. Yeah. You betcha. You, because you could read how a person was, or I used to be able to. Not only I don't even try to do it anymore. Right. Yeah. I could read a person and be like, that's how I can get him right there. I can make him sway my way real easy. And it was so easy. Yeah. So easy. Well, I think one, you know, one aspect of that too is, you know, people pleasing. We, we say people pleasing, we automatically think of trying to draw crowds and that is part of it. That is. But, you know, another part of it too, I think is trying to be, um, trying, trying to fit the mold somebody else has set for you. Yep. And, you know, very often, you know, we talk about God's call on your life. And I think sometimes we think that our pastor or our church decides God's call on your life. They don't. Sometimes we think our pastor in our church gets to authorize God's call in your life. They don't. Right. Only God gets to do that. And Some, if, if God's telling you, 
the opposite of what your pastor or your church is, guess who you should listen to? Absolutely. Because yeah. sometimes he pulls you away from that church mm-hmm. because of that reason. Yeah. He may make you walk away because he needs to get you out of that position to be able to make you understand where you're, where you need to be. Yeah. And I don't say that to encourage anybody to, to view other people with suspicion, but you should only, like I mentioned earlier, the only one you should implicitly blindly trust is God. Yeah. Nobody else, no person should have your complete and total blind trust and allegiance. Nobody, Mm -hmm. no matter how much you respect that person, the only one who truly understands the call they have for you is God. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. The thing is, is take that advice that people give you, take it to the throne of God and ask him, is this legit or is this not legit? And he'll let you know Mm -hmm. whether it's good or not good. He'll tell you, yes, it's good. Or he'll say, nope, you need to get rid of that. Mm -hmm. Well, and it was really helpful, obviously, you know, we have a tribe here and and everything. And um, my wife and I have talked about it and because of, when I got hit with those three things not long ago and, uh, you know, she said, maybe what you need to do is stop worrying about what everybody around you is thinking of you and check and see what God says about you. Absolutely. Like, don't ask him what he thinks about you. Read what he thinks about you and what he's already said. And that was very, very helpful because like, it's just so, you know, coincidentally it was the next day I finished up a Bible study. So then it was like, okay, I need a new one to, to do. So what am I searching for? Okay. You know, what is, what does God say about me? And, and you know, that kind of thing. So don't tell her, but that's good advice. <laughs> <laughs> you know, you just told her because she, she listens. Listen. Yeah. <laughs> right. Bearded wonder. It's your turn. No. Since I've been silent for this whole episode, <laughs> yep, uh, you can't take my you can't you can't take my silence, bro. <laughs> uh, I, I agree. Uh, trust and uh, doubt, doubt. Thank you. Yeah, he's been silent because he's been sleeping over yeah. there. Wake up, buddy. <laughs> Check uh, that coffee down. Uh, doubt and trust is not only hand in hand, but at complete opposites. Uh, I would say one side each coin, but it's completely different. It's each side of the coin, like not coin laying on a table, one end and one end, not face. Yeah. Okay. Mm-hmm. Thank you. Uh, and as I can't remember who said it, uh, I'm so sorry for listeners and everyone in the room. <laughs> Anyway, yeah, doubt and trust. I would <laughs> just complete opposite. <laughs> Roll with it, Will. <laughs> uh, personally, I I would say that whenever Ronnie did ask me if I wanted to say something, I didn't. Sorry, guys. Mm-hmm. I didn't say anything, but uh, from what Mike <coughs> and Carl had said, I uh, just took it out of my mouth. I doubt God a lot, uh, and I doubt myself a lot. It's a lot of self-deprecating. And it comes out in a humor way. Uh, yeah, because I've dealt with that in the past, and oh, yeah. I apparently have not gotten rid of it. Yeah, you take away anybody else's ability to hurt you by making the joke of yourself first. And, uh, I don't just doubt God. I I doubt the things that He's done in me, and I end up trusting the devil. Not that I want to see it that way, but 
That's what it is, though. But mm-hmm. Exactly. Yeah. Like partial right. compliance is not full obedience. Absolutely. And that's why I say it's east to west and not serving masters. Who said that? <laughs> anyway, someone had said you can't serve two masters. Two masters. That would be Bob. Uh, so props to him, even though he is not in the room. <laughs> to be fair, Jesus said it first. But... Yeah. <laughs> oh, we, we can check tape. <laughs> you sure that wasn't in the book of Bob? Yeah. Well, I'll guarantee it wasn't. <laughs> that would be the book of Christ. Absolutely. <laughs> but yeah, so I, I just gave him props for I heard saying Thank something you. else that I had forgotten and then all of a sudden remembered. Uh I think the greatest act of trust is pressing past your doubt. Yeah. You know, I, I don't think there's any human being that doesn't have a shred of doubt in their mind. Uh, but it, it's it's moving past that. I, you know, when we think of doubt, I think the first the first place we go to, and it's not fair, and you guys know I don't really like how Thomas is treated, because I think it's wildly unfair. But we think of doubting Thomas. Yeah. Right. But if you look at the word used when it says in that text that he doubted, the word is actually apistos in Greek, and it means a refusal to believe. That's different. That's not that's not in my intellect. I I, I don't know if I fully understand that this is going to happen, but I'm going to trust through it. That's no. Nah. Apistos is faithlessness. That's a refusal to believe it. That's a completely different thing. That's a completely different thing. You know, you can work past your doubt if you trust God. You can. And if you trust God, your doubt will get less and less and less because he'll reveal himself more and more in your life and prove himself more and more in your life. And you'll have less and less reasons to doubt. For me, though, it's it's doubting his path for me. But not that I doubt him. It's uh, I think you start to try to you see a call on your life and you see a pathway he's setting before you. And then you try to start treading it your own way. You know what I mean? Yeah. You're plotting your own dots on the map. Yeah. You, yeah Customizing the plan. So you're, yeah, you're trying to be ful- Noah. Yeah. You're trying to fulfill, <laughs> you're trying to fulfill the calling on your life. Um, but you try to rush things, try to take shortcuts to get there a little bit faster. You know what I mean? Um, I told you, Ronnie, that he brought me just days ago to uh first Kings chapter 13. And it's the account where we don't have any names. But there's there's an individual there that we're just told is a man of God. And he was sent to a king to speak a prophecy. And he was told he was given very specific instructions by God. He gave him a path. He said, go this route, speak what I tell you to speak, and then leave by this other route and don't stop, don't tarry, don't stay the night. Walk this pathway. No ifs, ands, or buts. Don't deviate. Don't stray. Well, he stopped by what we're called, what, what the text calls an old prophet. And the old prophet wants him to stay at his house and have a meal. He could have been well-intentioned. It doesn't matter if he was well-intentioned or not. It makes no difference. He was speaking a word that was in contrast with what the man of God, the instructions he was giving. The man of God stays with the old prophet because he doubts the path that he's been given. I think in his mind, he's like, there's nothing wrong with this. It's a blessing. It's fine. He's an old prophet. He's a man of God, too. Everything's good. Everything's okay. And because he's strayed, he ends up getting killed by lions, I believe, in the, in the text. Because there's a danger. When, when you step outside of the pathway that God has set for you, you set yourself, 
you set yourself in the territory of the enemy. You know what I mean? Because mm-hmm. God has God has that path for you for a reason. He's, he's established it for a reason. I think for me, that's where doubt can play for me now. Because I've seen the power of God. I've, I've seen things. I don't doubt that he can move. I don't doubt that he can move for me when I pray. I've seen it. Um, sometimes I allow other men of God to cause me to doubt the path he has for me. Because they're probably wiser. They probably know better. They're older than me or they've been ministering longer than me, or they have a title I don't have. So they probably understand my calling better than I do. So I'll go on this path over here. But that's not the path that he has set for me. So I think, I think sometimes the greatest danger you can have is, is, is it's especially when you doubt your self-worth, like you mentioned, Mike, and I do too, because I have a hard time seeing God in me sometimes. Like other people see it. I struggle to. Mm-hmm. And then when you add add to the mix the people around you that think they know you're calling better than you do um, man that that can that can be such a dangerous combination because if if god has a path for you to walk and you doubt that he's moving in your life and you also have people around you that aren't hearing the same calling you are it's so easy to stray from where he's telling you to go and i think that's kind of I don't know if that's where I am, but I know that's what he's warning me about right now. I'll just put it that way. I don't know if I've become guilty of that, but I know for sure based upon a lot that he's been laying on me the past couple of days that I'm in danger of that. And I, I think we, we can all be in danger of that. And honestly, hearing you talk, Mike, I think you could be in danger of that. Because mm-hmm. um, again, nobody understands your calling better than the one calling you. Right. And he'll give you confirmations if you ask. He will. I've, I've seen it. Mm-hmm. You've seen it, mm-hmm. you know, but we've got to ask. Yep. And everything can be well and good intent, right? Yeah. Like Bob, for example, just because he's playing on his phone, he's playing tic tac over there. But but say answering a question, God calls him to be a preacher, right? But then. Other people are like, no, open this tire shop and do ministry out of your tire shop. Well, he, he's great at being the tire guy, but that's not what God called him to do. Yeah. Right? So you can excel in this other thing as well, and sometimes for the greater good, but it's not what God called you to do. Exactly. And I think also a... a False humility can lead you astray. You know, this idea that humility is debasing myself and, and yes, we should lower ourselves in, in the sense that you view others as greater than yourself because you view yourself as a servant. But debasing yourself is different. You know what I mean? When you say, I don't, I don't want to be, I don't want to be the center of attention ever. I'm going to actively, I'm going to actively pursue never being the center of attention in any way, shape or form. But if God's calling you to preach, Mm-hmm. Or God's calling you to pastor, or God's calling you to to prophesy, or or even rebuke. Guess what you're going to be, the center of attention, and you're going to have so-called men of God saying you're not very humble. You're kind of prideful. You know what I mean? It seems like you're it seems like you're chasing attention. No, I'm just doing what God called me to do. But if you allow that false sense of humility to enter into your mind, you're going to shrink back from what God's calling you to. Does that make sense? Yeah. I I think what we classify as righteous and humility is a righteous thing, but misapplied 
it can misdirect. Because if God has a spotlight for you to step into, it's not prideful to step into it. But it's disobedient not to, if he's telling you to step into there. Does that make sense? Right, right. That's why in it's so anything. important in anything. Yeah, in anything. Yeah, yeah. In anything. Right. And I think that's why also what you were saying too, Carl, is important as the, God never said, don't question me. You know what I mean? I mm-hmm. think it, I think he wants us in that relationship to to question, like, why, why are you doing this? So I think that when you say, you know, God, use me as you will, and you, you say that hard prayer, you know, um, and then you see a glimpse of something doesn't necessarily mean you better go off running on that, you know, and just, just do it. You know, you know what I mean? It's not, it's not Nike, you know, it's a relationship. So God wants you to, to know what he wants you to do. And that takes questioning sometimes again, not, not his sovereignty, not his, any of this, but to get your head wrapped around it to say, okay, this is, this is really God speaking to me because we all, we all know we've had times where we felt like God was calling us to something and we're like, well, eh, but uh, I'm going to work back a little bit and just take a step <laughs> back and you may have missed that opportunity. But then you see, he puts another one in front of you. Yeah. Almost the same exact thing, you know, and then you might even get away with doing that, but then he's going to do some hard things in your life to say, you're, you're not listening now. Yeah. You know, yeah. you're not seeking this. Well, so. I'll give an example. It'll be a vague example. Cause I don't want to, I don't want to give specifics for a reason until I'm sure about some stuff. But, um, I felt called to do something very specific within the last few months. And, and I convinced myself that what I did was his call. But ultimately I think what it was, was me trying to compromise with him to negotiate, to do what he was telling me to do without letting go of some other things I think he was telling me to let go of. Say, see, I'm doing both of these things, God. It's okay. I'm sort of doing what you're calling me to do. And I did it in a way that I can hold on to this other stuff too. And he's patient and he'll let you persist in that for a while, but eventually he's going to start making you uncomfortable until you let go of what he told you to let go of so you can step into the better thing he has for you. And I, I'm sorry to be vague, but I think that's what he's doing with me right now. But I think he does that with us a lot. And I think we approach him like that too often. Mm-hmm. It, you know, we have something that, that maybe it was his call for a while, but sometimes what he tells you to grab hold of, eventually he tells you to let go of. And when he tells you to let go, you've got to let go, but we don't want to because mm-hmm. it's ours now. We have it. I have purpose in this now. And I don't want to let go of that because I want my life to count for something. So it's hard to let go of that and, and step into that unknown and trust because you doubt. You know what I mean? There's that element of doubt that if I let go of this, what if he doesn't move in the way that I think he's telling me he's going to move? And now I'm just a nobody again. You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. like that's, that's kind of in your mind because we as, we as people, it, it's, you know, and it doesn't have to be a prideful thing, but we want to be kingdom builders, right? Right. I think all of us do. And as children of God, there's an element of us that wants to make him proud. Oh, yeah. Right? Absolutely. So we don't want to be in a place where we're not doing anything positive for him. And that makes it hard to let go of things sometimes, but that's where the trust comes in. You have to trust that what he's telling you he has for you, he's going he's gonna to fulfill it. He's going to. He's not going to make a mistake. He's not going to lie. He's not going to stumble. He's not, he's not going to say, well, I had this thing for you and some things happened. Sorry. Yeah. Kind of fell Maybe through. next time. Yeah, yeah. we'll see. Yeah. Give it six months. I might it's, have something for it you later. that much. Yeah. <laughs> That's not how God operates. He's got it all planned out and he's had it planned out for millennia. Mm-hmm. You know, he had your whole life planned out when he made Adam and Eve. Yeah. Think about that. 
Like that's, that's what being outside of time means. He had every second of your life planned out before he even made the world. Yep. That's stunning to think about. So why don't we trust him? Mm -hmm. If, if he's that good of a planner, why can't we just trust him? But we still struggle with it, but we shouldn't, we've got to stop negotiating with him. And just when he says to do something and he gives you confirmations and multiple witnesses, Hey, you probably should just do it. Yep. Yep. I mean, Mike, you already got skinny jeans. You already got the jewelry. You just need the boots. <laughs> Shut up, Ronnie. <laughs> sorry, that wasn't very nice. I'm sorry, kind of. <laughs> sorry. It's okay. You can doubt me. Yeah. That's fine. Yeah. <laughs> Correct. <laughs> Anybody got fi some final thoughts on the matter? Before we pull the needle off the record. Well, I'm confused. So are we doing final thoughts, then pulling the needle, <laughs> and then final thoughts again? Or isn't, are we... Isn't final thoughts pulling the needle off the record? It is, but you said that first. You said, <laughs> do we have final thoughts? And then we can, like, pull the order's got yeah. messed up now. Let's land the plane. How about oh, that? that yeah, it is. I got a headache, guys. Man. Let's land the plane. Move the landing gear up. Yeah. <laughs> That's actually Let's one of the main reasons. Slide right in. Getting insurance rates on a retractable plane, plane with retractable gear is so high. That happens a lot more often than you realize in the private sector. It actually happens quite often. Well, thanks for crashing the plane for us, Mike. Well, no, I mean, I, I mean, next time on random facts off. nobody asked about, that way we just fall straight down. <laughs> Actually, you you have a glide path for a while, but anyway, can we, can we trampoline landing? No, that's called crash landing and bouncing. No, that's called falling with style. Yeah, there is no falling with style. puddle puddle jumping. <laughs> Toy Story. Yeah, correct. Yep, my granddaughter likes it. That's right. Gotcha. Well, I'll say. um if you're trusting in yourself, you're trusting in the wrong one. If you're trusting in the ones around you, you're trusting in the wrong ones. You gotta trust God with everything. Yes, He's gonna put the people in your path that you need in your path that are gonna be open and honest with you. But like Carl said, yeah, they're not gonna know your path and what you're supposed to be doing better than He is. Silent wrong? Well, I got a shirt for you, okay? Oh, thanks. Is it an extra large? The word amen. A, agree with God. M, move with God. E, end with God. And N, never doubt God. That's called an acronym, isn't it? Does it matter? No, I guess it doesn't. Thank you, Carl. <laughs> <laughs> Caffeinated Mike. I got nothing tonight. That's not going to work for me, sir. Uh, Are you incorrect? Yourself? Are you doubting yourself? You well, no, I, no, I'm just. You had some when everybody else is talking. No, it's true. <laughs> you got the floor. You got nothing. <laughs> well, I, I, I'm just in a in a spot where I've got a lot of praying to do and thinking. You're not alone in that. I was saying, don't we all? I just because Bob threw. I have no advice to give. No application to give. Me I have. I've got nothing to give. So what's your plan of action then? Get down on my knees, which ought to be a chore all by itself. And then the next chore will be getting up after I'm done praying. I got to press in. That's it. That's all I can do. That's pretty much my final word. Babado. 
There's a forest name everybody likes, Bobado. Mm-hmm. I didn't. I agree with Mike and Ron. Is that good enough? No. No. Okay. Uh, Ron, maybe. You're not cussing, Mike. Well, I was talking about. Oh, okay. No. I was talking about. Hey, oh, that one's okay. <laughs> Sorry, Mike. Love you, bro. I, I feel it. I feel it. Don't ever doubt it. It's war- real warm in my chest. It may be another heart attack, but I'm not sure. Um, I don't know. I guess when you when you're feeling weak and you are doubting, just remember who's stronger than you. That's all I got. Bearded wonder. Takeaway for me is uh, changing focus instead of focusing on where my doubt is or where it's in the mirror or where it's pointed, uh, but to focus on trusting God more than anything else. Number one, trust God and stop doubting because that's a very potent thing in my mindset normally is where am I putting my doubt because as a dude I like to think that I can do this and my spiritual side to my physical side says no you can't you can't do that and then Satan just chimes in oh yeah you've done too many screwed up things to do anything good so just give up now which like a hot stone if something goes wrong I want to drop it and I don't want to pick it up. Mm-hmm. And I'm just done with it. My frustrations, I drop it. So just focusing on trust instead of fo- focusing on where my data is going or coming from. I'm going to go next. And then, <laughs> like normal, <laughs> Professor, you can end and then pray us out. Did you go, Mike? No, yeah. he has not. He went, first. Went first. he went first. Oh, he did. That's right. Oh. <laughs> no. You're right. You're right. Evidently, it wasn't profound or anything. <laughs> well, it was before all that that confusion about pulling the needle and what constitutes no, the final thought. From that, yeah. yeah, but I didn't think that was the final thought phase yet. Yeah. I, thought it, I thought we hadn't it entered was. that realm yet. It was. <laughs> I think we need a rubric. <laughs> I think Carl's doubting your final thought. Yeah. <laughs> I haven't even gave it yet. That's. <laughs> All right, he's down. You pulling the needle off the record. Now. I'm doubting the outline of this. Episode. That's right. <laughs> Isn't that great? <laughs> um, I don't have anything profound either. It's just something I have to keep reminding myself, and that's the hallway, right? When doubt shuts that door, or you think doubt shuts that door, then just praise him in the hallway. You can't get in to praise him, so praise him in the hallway. Praise him always, not just in the hallway, but always, right? Like Coffee Mike and I talked about this weekend a little bit, just no matter where we're at. Yep. If we're in the swamp of that valley, we're on the cold tippy top of that mountain. Either your knees are going to get muddy and wet. Or they're going to get cold and wet. Either way, you got to praise them. By the way, Ronnie, I like that word, tippy. It's like tippy toes. Yeah, I'm going to find a way to use it somewhere. <laughs> <laughs>
he had something to say for everybody <laughs> until it came to his turn. <laughs> it's not over yet. <laughs> You're up next, Carl. I wasn't 100% sure on what I was going to say until you shared what you did, Bob, and it kind of cemented it for me. Uh, a couple of days after God led me to that account from 1 Kings chapter 13 was my grandma's funeral. And uh, on, the, on the way home from the gravesite, uh, we were all driving in, in a line. And I had my GPS on because it was in a town I'm not familiar with. So I wanted to make sure I knew how to get back to the highway so I didn't get lost in, in some... Never mind, I'm going to say. I was going to say something very not good. <laughs> you want to say it? What, Podunk Town? Yeah, that was it. That was it. <laughs> Everybody was, was, was following along in line on this really bumpy, messed up road. My GPS kept saying, turn left, turn left. And I ignored it like three times. Finally, I'm like, I'm just going to follow the GPS. Like, I did, like what do I do? Like, I'm going to pay. like everybody's following in a line. I feel like they know what they're doing, but my GPS says go left. So I finally did. I'm the only one that does. Nobody else turns. But two blocks down, I get to a smooth road, right back out to the highway, right where I need to be. And I'm the only one that turned. And I felt him speak to me so clearly. Sometimes, sometimes the crowd wants you to go in a direction that's not good. Sometimes the crowd wants you to follow a, a road that's bumpy and it's going to cause you damage and hurt. Sometimes it may even seem they get to where they're going quicker than you. But my... Continue. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> there were silent reactions across the table, folks, and it, it, it confused me. But my direction, that's what I felt him telling me, my direction is going to bring you on a smoother road. Sometimes you have to walk alone to do it. Well, I'm... I'm rolling this around in my head and go to, to grand, grandma, and, grandma and grandpa's house uh, to have a family dinner over there. And I stay after everybody else has left and, and grandpa and I are reminiscing and talking. And uh, I go to leave and he steps out with me and, and walks me to the vehicle. And then he said something to me. There, there's something he said to me months ago and I've never forgotten. And for some reason, all day I was kind of thinking about that. He had told me months ago. I remember when I remember exactly what he looked like, where we were standing, time of day, everything. When he said, he said, God has a path laid out for you. All you have to do is walk it. He said that months ago. And I remember it vividly. And for some reason, that memory just like it was very powerful in my mind that day. But I didn't mention that to him. But, but we're standing by the vehicle and he goes, he repeats it. Again, he had said this months ago. And he says, God has a path for you. He has it laid out for you. But then he changed it. And he gave me this horse analogy and, and it was so weird because like faith had been mentioning horses, like being, being a horse for God. She's like, she, she'd been mentioning this because of some silly, silly handkerchief she has all day. So it was like, God had me primed and ready for this. You know what I mean? And he goes, it's sort of like a horse. He's like, you break the horse and you put a bit in its mouth and you attach a bridle. And the whole purpose of that is to guide the horse in the proper direction. If you're riding the horse, there's a certain direction you want it to go, and you tug on the bridle to get it to go in that direction. Sometimes the horse doubts the direction you have for it. Sometimes the horse thinks it should go a different way, so it'll fight against the bit, fight against the bridle. It causes discomfort. 
causes discomfort until the horse finally surrenders to the bit, surrenders to the bridle, surrenders to the rider and goes in the direction they're leading them. And then the discomfort is removed and they follow the pathway. He said, I think that's what God's doing with you. Sometimes we, we want to fight against the bit that God has for us. He has a bit and he has a bridle and he's guiding us in a certain direction. And sometimes we're fighting against it because all the other horses are going that way. Why shouldn't I go that way? And he's saying, no, I want you to go this way. And we fight against it. And like you did at that restaurant, Bob, you get uncomfortable. Yeah. You get uncomfortable until you surrender to it. Then the discomfort lifts. We've got to be surrendered to his bit, to his bridle. Even when we're going in a direction everyone else is fighting against. Even when it's every other believer we respect, it doesn't matter. If he says to go in this direction or obey this commandment or do this thing or, or fulfill this calling in your life, I don't care if every pastor in the world says no. You better say yes. Because that's what he's calling us to. He's not calling us to be in agreement with the world, to be in agreement with other people. He's calling us to be in agreement with him. And it's long past time we start doing that. you have anything to say, Mike? I'm going to pray this out. No, I think you're primed for the prayer. Okay. I just wanted to check. Are you sure? Positive. Last chance. How in the world can I say anything about a man who just lost his grandmother? No, I'm not even that low. <laughs> I'm not even <laughs> All right, let's pray. Most gracious Heavenly Father, uh, we just come in all of you. We love you so very much. We thank you so much for all that you've given for all that you provide. Even in times of loss, you are so good. And I am so grateful. I'm grateful for your voice. I'm grateful for your direction. And I'm also grateful for those times when you make me uncomfortable when I try to fight against the direction you have for me. Mm. My prayer is simple. I just pray that you would, for all of us at the table and for those listening, that you would just rest it upon our hearts to surrender to you to surrender to the direction you have for us, to hear your word, to read your word, to hear your direction for us, and to just submit and surrender to that. That's what true revival looks like. It's, it's not a concert. It's not a highly charged uh, uh, emotionalism. It's a surrendering. Revival is a return and a surrendering to you. And we have needed that for a very long time. And I pray that you would inspire that, and that you would allow us to see that, that you would allow us to be a part of, just to be a part of that. We love you so much. We're so grateful. We give you all the glory. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. 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 And until next time, we'll catch you on the flip side.
Singing glory, yeah, amen. Singing glory. 